Hello and welcome to the Pete Barter Podcast, where you will join Pete in interviewing top-level thought leaders in education, music, and business, as well as a sneak peek into Pete's thoughts and challenges. This episode is all about... I have found something that I truly love to do, and if you gave me like, you know, $100 million tomorrow, I would still be doing what I do now because because it has so much meaning for me and it is so, you know, so satisfying. Whatever you are doing right now, keep on doing it and enjoy this episode of the Pete Barter Podcast. Guys, I'm on the phone with Christina Cantors. Christina is someone that I've met just recently and uh, she's she sort of popped into my world simply as a vocal, uh, as a voiceover artist for some product that we're running, uh, Sammy, that some of you guys may know. And I love the vibe that, that Christina has with not just her her website which is the c method and and the things that she will talk about in this podcast but particularly the way that she goes about her business and her day like before before i've hit the record button we've just spent five to ten minutes talking about how some problems have just occurred and she spent a fair bit of time figuring those out and maybe not even figuring them out those things out so christina welcome to the podcast Thanks so much, Pete. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So this is something that uh, you know I've done in the past where there's been no, and we just talked about that briefly then in, in the intro, and there's been no prep. There's no questions that you want me to ask you to promote your thing. There's mm. nothing that you don't want to talk about. If there is, uh, message well. me. <laughs> <laughs> message me you right now. Because <laughs> uh, you know, I was speaking that, that big, long three-hour podcast that, um, that I put up. There was a few times during that that my message would ping and it would be, oh, just don't mention this stuff. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Let's keep it sort of at this level. And I'm like, yeah, cool. So, so you can type and talk at the same time. So if, if, you, uh, if you find us delving into something, then you know I can always edit this stuff later, of course, as you know. Uh, you know what? Let's just do it. All bets are off. Totally. So what the, so what the fuck's up? What's go- <laughs> I, got, I got nothing to hide. <laughs> so what's going on? You're... Uh, you're your daily ritual ritual would be what? I love to, let's start with that. What do you have? A daily ritual. Yeah. I wake up at six o'clock in the morning uh-huh. before most people are up, and I have a nice long drink of water, and then I go for a walk along the beach because I live by the beach here in Melbourne. Nice. And it's a beautiful way to start the day. And I don't take my phone, so there's no phone, no podcast, no nothing, just me and the beach and various fluffy dogs being walked by their owners <laughs> wh- through which, through whom I live vicariously, my dogless life. I love having that time to myself in the morning to gather my thoughts and to, you know, just think about what am I grateful for, what am I excited about, what, you know, just just getting clear on those positive things in my life. Mm-hmm. And then when I come back uh, home, I make myself a – usually it's either a smoothie or a turmeric latte or something. Mm-hmm. don't mean to get too hipster on you, but yeah, that's, that's what I do. And, and then I read a little bit. So I like to set my morning up in a really calm and um, mm-hmm. just positive way to, to feel really good for the day yeah. ahead. But the thing that I hate most is having to get up and like rushing – off yeah. to the train or driving somewhere to, to be somewhere like I, I cannot stand that totally I hear you I I would make sure that if I've got my first appointment at say eight or ten or whatever I'm up sufficiently uh, with enough time 
before that just mm. so I can chill into my day because mm. if I wake up and have to instantly do something, it just kills me for the rest of the day. Um, I, I spent a little bit of time as a firefighter, just CFS, a country fire service here in Adelaide, and you kind of live by the pager. When the pager drops, when the, when the, mm. beep, when the alarm goes off, it could be any time, any day, at any point. You could be in the middle of tea, in the middle of the movies, in the middle of shopping. And I didn't want to be the guy who ignored it because there was 40 others on the team who would maybe ignoring it too. So, so I would be woken at all, night, all hours of the night Within within thirty seconds of that, I'm on my way in the car from wow. a deep sleep. And <laughs> at that point, I was studying a diploma and and working a full time job and teaching. And so it was. And it, when the alarm goes off, you could be it could be a, a on the way to the fire station. It could be called off. It could be all right. The, all right, the false alarm. Go everyone, you know, go away. And that's just another message that comes through the pager. Or it could go for a minimum of six hours. So you mm. just don't know. And when you're out in the fire ground, you don't have a phone. You can't call the boss to say, hey, I'm going to be in late or I'm not going to be in at all. So it's just phenomenal. And, yeah, I, I totally get And that, that's probably why these days if if I get up and just cruise into my day, there's no alarm clock, but, you know, the, the blinds are open and, um, I, I would, yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. I don't live near the beach. I'm, I'm probably 20 minutes drive from the beach, but I live right on a beautiful walking trail here um, and there's – trees it's extremely peaceful so i could go and do for do a bit of a walk out there but i tend not i just to. find it's nice i just want nice to get moving mm. you know you get the blood moving around so do you get heart palpitations now whenever you hear an alarm yeah it's a bit annoying uh, it, frust- it frustrates me more than anything it's uh yeah i've got to be up for something even if the you've alarm been, you've been like conditioned to have that reaction to an alarm I've like been... there's no snooze button for pete mm, sort of i hit it. <laughs> oh, i do snooze tell you uh, there's plenty of snoozing going on but even that's part of my morning chill like if the alarm goes off at six i will snooze for an hour <laughs> every every 10 minutes it'll be all right so as the sort of the fifth snooze button is pressed i'm more awake than the first one but still on my mm. own terms. No, yeah, I'd I'm rather just I'd rather just sleep that extra <laughs> hour yeah. and then wake up. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've actually I've actually gone so far as to I don't book appointments in, in the morning ever mm-hmm. if I can help it. Yeah. Like I'll only ever so like this interview we're doing at like two thirty PM. Mm-hmm. I, I I would never book in a podcast interview or any sort of meeting before midday, unless they're in the US, in which case time yeah. zones I have to do in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I try and avoid that. At, you know, at all times possible. Yeah, I've had to. I've had to get up quite early for a couple of um, podcasts in LA and Canada, and uh, I, I got up early, like four o'clock, a couple of times. Oh God, no! I, I, changed, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I changed my changed my plan. Slept right in the day before and stayed up till four. That worked. I like that more. And then went to bed at like five. Woke up at seven or ten. You know, that was mm. that was better for me. I enjoyed that. So us creatives, we can kind of do that. And if we're like elusive, um, you know, entrepreneurs, then we can kind of detect, dictate and create our own our own patterns and our own schedule, which is the reason that I do it. I don't know the reason that you do it, and that's what we're here to talk about. Mm, it is. It is great to be able to make your own schedule. So why did you? Why are you? Why are you the C method? Why are you somebody that? <laughs> is happy to chat to me about their life because I know if I speak to, spoke to anyone who works at Coles or an office job, they're like, you know, I just work a job. Why did you decide to be that person that takes care of their own passion? And their oh, own 
I love that you I love that question actually. Why did I decide to become this person? Well, Pete, there was a time in my life where I was the sort of person that I did not want to be. And I mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I used to um so my my professional background is I used to be an architect. I went through six years of architecture school, was super determined, yeah, gonna become an architect, got a job straight out of straight out of school, worked there for three years. I got registered as an architect. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work my way up to the top of my company. I was ready to, you know, I was ready to go. And then I just had this light bulb moment, I suppose, where I realized that my company doesn't give a shit about me. Mm. And it doesn't matter how hard I work, I'm still at the mercy of them deciding whether or not I should have a promotion or or determining how much I get paid and mm-hmm. telling me when I should take a holiday. Yeah. Um, I believe there was a moment where I went to book a flight to uh, – no, they made us take three weeks off over Christmas because the building industry almost basically shuts yeah, down. Yeah, I know, yep. And I was like, right, you're going to force me to take three weeks? I'm going to go somewhere cool. I'm going to go to New York. So I go to book the flight and, of course, it's three times the price of what you'd normally pay. Uh-huh. And at that moment, I, I thought, I realized, why is someone else telling me when I when I have to take my, my holidays and my spare time? Mm-hmm. And I began to plot my exit. Yes. Um, and ever since then, I've been making a real conscious effort to live my life deliberately and do things that bring me joy and and, and express myself authentically and it's since become my mission to help others do the same to Perfect. be able to to be able to you know not just do what people tell them to do and um, be true to who they are and express themselves fully so that they can reach their potential and go on to inspire other people as well nice one well let's leave it there thank you for listening please <laughs> <laughs> talk about me that Ooh. is exactly that is so good and you know the the whole international women's day yesterday is an yeah. exact reason that the female leaders need to be leading and they do lead and guys the, the whole thing for the day, it's just a reminder. I know that there are so many better female leaders than male leaders, but it's, it's crap. And what you've done is you've taken that lead of your own your own vibe and you're ready to get, just go. And I'm like, I don't want to keep working for this guy where he tells me when to have a holiday. I totally, mm. totally get that. Totally get that. And that's awesome that you've done that because not many people can do that. You've got the courage to do that. You've led your way out of that scenario where most people accept fate and they go, oh, you know, i just got to do this for another 40 years and, you know, I'll be fine, you know, i just retire. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see the sense in doing that. There's no, there's no human humanitarian growth that happens from that. There's no um, evolution of product because now that you're on your own in, in life, like you're in business, you're not working mm-hmm. for somebody, you're in charge of your own method, the C method, you're in charge mm. of it, so you need to make sure that you're doing the best that you can and delivering better outcomes for not just you but your clients. So you're part oh, of the whole absolutely. revolutionary scale. And what I love about doing my own thing is that the more I work, the more – well, not so much the more I work, but the more creative I am mm-hmm. and the more willing I am to step out of my comfort zone, the more successful I become. Yeah. Whereas when I was working for a large firm – it's, it was an architecture firm, for God's sake. We're supposed to be creatives, mm. yet I felt very stifled there. Right. And we actually weren't 
you know, there was so much red tape. And if you had a creative idea or wanted to do something different, it was like, no, oh, we should run it through the committee. Uh-huh. It just makes me want to stab myself in the eye. <laughs> and so this is why, this is why one reason why I love doing, doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to what you said about being courageous, I think, I mean, you'd probably know this too in that um, uh, after a while when you're doing your own thing and you, this, the, this mindset that you have, it becomes normal. Mm. So it's normal for me to be like, oh, if I don't like something, I change it. It's mm. no big deal. If I want something, I go and I get it or I work for it mm. or I make it happen. No big deal. And I forget that for many people that is not reality for them. And um, I think like it's it's easy to sort of dismiss that courage that we did have initially to, to take that leap. Um and yeah, it's something I have to continue to remind myself of and realize that what I do, that this is not normal, mm. what, what I'm doing. No. But, but because it's my life, I feel like it is normal. I find but in reality, I'm a crazy, I'm, I'm a super crazy one. I've got some good mates who have jobs and mm. I'm like, hey, man, let's go and grab lunch. He goes, when? I'm like, oh, I don't know, Wednesday, maybe Tuesday. Well, I can't. I'm working. I'm like, oh, you're one of those people. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll be out. I'll be in the city. When are you free? I'm like, oh, we've got the weekend, but kids have got football and soccer, and I'm like, yeah, well, that's cool. You go do that. Don't don't not do your kid stuff. Mm. But I'm kind of during the week available, and you're not. How does I don't get that? What if you want to go shopping during the week? What if you need to go buy a new car, and the car yard shuts at five? You have to get time off to go and look at a car, sort of thing. Like that doesn't doesn't work for me. It's weird. But yeah, you're right. I think there's a there's a breed. And the entrepreneur breed and the people that have jumped ship from sure death <laughs> and, mm. and chanced it by swimming across a shark-infested lake, which we are all swimming in still, croc-infested swamp to get to shore where there's some beautiful oasis that we haven't yet built. That's mm. up to us as individuals to build that. But on the way through this, the croc-infested swamp, we're building it as we're getting closer to this thing. It's... It's a mirage. We don't actually know the end result because it's so much fucking fun in the journey. And I don't ever want there to be a pinnacle. I don't ever want there to be an end result because I love Mm. the evolution of learning. I've learned it. Now, how can I apply that? Learning it and never applying it is like, what's the point? Like, What's the Mm. point of going learning stuff at TAFE or uni or college or school and never Mm. using it? Unless you think you... Because obviously there's things that you learn at TAFE and school and whatever, particularly high school, that they teach you this stuff, but don't give it to you in a contextual manner where you you don't actually know why you're going to need algebra. You don't actually know why you're going to need trigonometry and, and science. So like, I do a lot of work in schools and I, I chat to a couple of the kids and I, I ask them, you know, when they're going through their troubled phase, uh, I'm not an SSO, I'm just a freaking drum teacher that works in the schools, but I always get to have these conversations because the principals ask me to have these conversations with them. And the, mm. question, the questions that I ask are, so what's, the, what's your most favorite subject? Like, not school, but what do you love to do the most? 10-year-old Johnny or 15-year-old Johnny, oh, I love riding my BMX. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I'd skateboarded heaps when I was younger. I love it. It was cool. Then I ask them what their most well, their least favorite or their most hated, like with a passion, what's the, what's the subject you hate the most? They're like, ah, oh, science. I hate science. I don't understand it. And maths, 
I'm like, okay, but you love riding a bike. Imagine having your own brand of bike. Imagine designing something that was yours and it was such a revolutionary craft that everybody loved. He went, that'd be great. I said, you'd probably have to learn some science and some maths or find someone who knew those subjects really well, but you'd have to check up on them. So maybe just let science and maths into your brain a little bit because you never know what you're going to need in the future to create your beautiful branded bike that's you know in your name. So, you know, having having the passion to mm, do what It's a good way to done. look at it. Having the passion to do what you've done. So you're an you were an architect. Mm. Let's dig let's dig a bit deeper into that and think what 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 were you thinking did you have so when you say you plotted your exit mm. was that like over the day over the <laughs> over the <laughs> over the year how did you get to the point of going right I'm now able to change the channel because there's another channel to to watch. From the day I made the decision that I did not want to do this anymore, mm. I believe it was I started I started to research into just stuff like online business, podcasts, blogs, and I started my first podcast, let me think, a few months after. Mm-hmm. So I remember actually going – here's the irony. I was going for my architect's registration license. Mm-hmm. At that time. Right. And But I still push through because I finish stuff. I stick to things. So I was like, I'm going to finish this and then I'm going to start my podcast and quit my job. <laughs> so mm. so I, I think it was a few months after I, I started my podcast in, the no, in November and then I quit my job in February and then I left the country and went overseas. Cool. Because um, so I just a, thought so I you're get a communications, to cut. you're a communications architect. A communications, uh, yeah, I, I build better connection between people, maybe, I don't know, foster. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. And so family, is it like mum and dad were supportive in the decision? It wasn't up to them? You know, oh, it, look, my da- so my dad's, my dad's like super free-spirited and he, he's one of those typical unemployable people. Mm-hmm. So he started a business with his dad when he yeah. was quite young, when he realized that he could never work for the man ever. Yeah. So he's been a business owner most of his life. And that's, um, that's worked into, into your lifestyle. Yeah, that's where I get it from. My mum, on the other hand, so my dad was like, oh, that's amazing, Christina, go do that. Like mm-hmm. go do what makes you happy, go travel, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> my mum literally said to me, when am I getting grandchildren? Yeah. Yeah. So she, <laughs> I think, look, she listens to my podcast. She's very proud of me. Mm-hmm. She is um, originally from Malaysia. She's Chinese Malaysian. So she's got that very strong Asian cultural perspective on, on jobs mm-hmm. and, the and your like supposed path in life so it's so within the asian culture it's very much about you know you get you study hard you get good grades you go to university you get a good job you meet a rich man you get married you have babies like that's 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 the path that was set out that i was actually you know before i realized there was something else Mm -hmm. um and i and she is proud of me. I know that. Um, I think deep down she would still rather me be an architect or a lawyer or a dentist. Right. But I don't hold that against her. I know that that's so deeply ingrained in her psyche and in her culture that it's very hard to let go of that. Generations of a thousand whispers. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but they've been 
really, really great. And um, I have a younger sister. Mm -hmm. She's, I'm 30. She's 20. I think she's almost 28 now. Okay. And um, she's amazing. Like she has also got the entrepreneurial spirit and she's just started, she's starting up a new business as well. Nice. Um, What's her business? So, so she has started up a personal, online personal training business for people in the, I might get this wrong, LGBTIQ community. Yep, yep. Um, so the gay and lesbian community, mm-hmm. trans community. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. Nice one. Nice one. And so your, your programs that you deliver on thecmethod.com, mm. your, your background from what you've just told me is about I'm going to kind of summarize what you've said. Don't be trapped into something that you're feeling trapped in. If you're feeling trapped working for the man, then plot your way out. But communicating your way through that and getting getting a grip with what's about to happen in settling your mind and, and understanding and, and working forward to your own benefit is something that you work with other uh, individuals on. Uh, so through the C method, I, I help people with public speaking and confidence with communicating. Right. I need so that. So it's... <laughs> I do. I you have no problem. Pub, my public speaking is fine. I've spoken in front of tens of thousands of people, but the message is usually pretty fucking messy. <laughs> yeah. So most people have, they'll have um, challenges with, with either like what you're saying with the the creation of that message. So how do you get really clear on that? And then a lot of people then will also either or also will have um, confidence issues with the actual delivery of it. Right. So that's what I, I, I help people with. And and I got into this because I saw how bad architects are at presenting. And that's a skill that they never taught us yeah. at uni. Yeah. Yet, you know, but I mean, you can be the best designer in the world, but if you can't Pitch, pitch that mm-hmm. to people, the, the ones that have got the money, to, you know, to clients, mm-hmm. then you're not gonna, you're not gonna do so well. Yeah. Um. So I was like, you know what? I I love this skill. I love building on it, and I love, and I've seen the benefits of it, and I was able to do quite well in my company, um, especially from starting as a grad, and and moving up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I want to help people do this. So most of my most of my coaching and my workshops and my my speaking. Uh, is around either the public speaking aspect or the uh, pitching yourself aspect and helping people to create a really clear personal pitch to explain what they do and how they help others so that, you know, they themselves can, you know, get more clients or make more, make meaningful connections with other people. Because I've I've learned that a lot of people either hate and or really struggle explaining what they do and talking about themselves. Yeah. Um, they're great at selling, say, other people's products or, or talking great about other people, but when it comes to themselves and demonstrating their own value, they, uh, they've never learned how to do it before and, and it can be very nerve-wracking, especially in a, um, if you're at a networking event or even a social event where there's people there that you really want to meet and impress. Mm-hmm. And if you sort of stumble and don't explain yourself properly and, and you know, that further erodes your confidence. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I've been in that trap many times, uh, even recently. Like I'm, I'm at the helm of this this um, hustle that I've called Pete Barter, but that's that's just really a side hustle to the real mm. deal. And the real deal was me creating our platform called Sammy, which you, you've mm. been alluded to. You know a little bit about that. Um, so you know, I'm I'm I guess a founding founding father of that platform. There's no company to CEO for yet. 
whether I'm the right person, the CEO for the, this is probably, I'm probably not the right person. My partner, Michelle, is definitely the right person, the CEO for this, this um, organization. But when someone asks me what I do, I, I, like, I need to find out a little bit more about what they do first so mm. I can give them the response that is going to work for them. Because so, if, they, if they are someone who runs a small business, me saying that I'm building this massive empire that's going to help music educators be better at what they do is not, no benefit to him. But I can also build this guy's website. I can also create branding for this guy. So if he's, mm. a, but if, if this guy is, if he's a music teacher and it works in schools, then yes, this platform that I'm building is going to be absolutely beneficial for them. So mm. I depend, and, and you know, we always bump into our friends at school or that were at school with us many years earlier and they say, oh, what have you been up to? What do you, what do, you do these days? I'm like, fuck, grab a chair. <laughs> Where know? do I start? <laughs> grab, a, grab a seat. Um, and then you kind of, you can't really get into it over over a few minutes or even an hour because there's just so much, particularly for me, I'm not trying to be that guy, but there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing. I'm creating some branding for some organizations. I'm mentoring some music educators to get a better sense of what they're actually trying to achieve, whether they're trying to do the one-on-one thing at home or work with groups or work in schools. Um, I'm on the board of the Music Teachers Association here in SA and we're trying to develop, well, we are not trying, but we are developing that to be a, a better branded organization that's been around for 72 years that currently has no mission statement and never has um for a 72 year old organization i think that's a little bit you know we need to evolve and just by knowing what they do not just the music teacher association but a lot of organizations that have been doing stuff for a long time don't have don't have the vision don't have the mission of why they do it and they just think they're going to be around forever and you have to evolve or die and Mm. and i think that's a lot of a lot of what I do is let's just see where the market is at right now and try and figure out where it's going in the future. To the left of me, I have about 28 different um, cardboard virtual reality goggles because I'm trying a few different ideas and these are all going to be rebranded and and designed for uh, bands and um, live 360-degree in-home concerts. Because in the winter months, particularly here in Adelaide, there's a lot of bands that just go into hibernation, literally, because they don't worry about putting on shows because they know that there's a risk and no one rocking up. To make it worthwhile, they've got to charge money. And people are not going to spend the money and come out in the cold. There's two bad things there, the money out and the, the, the cold weather. So this, what I'm creating for one particular band might completely ruin the industry, but it might also save grace for the cold months of Adelaide where no one, literally no one goes out. Like Adelaide's a, it's a million um, population here and probably 20% of those are uh, music goers. And when it's cold, we can drop that down to like 2%. And then you've got all so, these bands trying so out to of, So out of all the things that you do, mm-hmm. which one would you like to be known for, I suppose, or which one would you like to do more of? Creating a change in an industry that has slowly evolved that has a lot of people in it struggling and gasping for air to try and make ends meet and that's musicians or creative industry so to answer that question more specifically i would like to be that guy and i love what you've done here and your coaching me is fantastic um i'd like to be (laughs) the guy 
who, it's not about being the guy, but I like to be behind the organization that has taken a massive step forward in creating something that music educators can and will use to allow them to be better educators and not have to be so wrapped up in the administration of running a music business. That's what Sammy is doing. So that's Sammy. That yeah. is Sammy, yep. That is Sammy. And that's exactly the, the big focus for me right now is that. The other things that I am doing is um, I'm coordinating um, a few events with bands and etc. like the VR goggles. People put these VR goggles on and you know they're at the event. They don't pay a full type price ticket, but they're still involved in the thing. It's something different, you know. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I've got some good responses back from some good promoters, and they're keen to back it. Um, I'm also working at a small little festival here in Adelaide over the next four days called WOMAD. Um, I'm working with the technical crew that do all the staging, the lighting, sound. That's a pretty important role. Uh, the organisation that that is doing all that is called Novatech. Novatech uh, is run by well, two two brothers own it um, and they run it. They're heavily involved in it still. They're about a 10, 15-year-old organization. Um, turn over quite a lot of money. They do, they've been doing this stuff since they left school uh, and they went to the similar school in my area in the, the low socioeconomic parts of Adelaide and, and they are idols in the industry because they've taken a, a kind of a, a messy industry with a lot of people doing the same kind of thing and just went top level we charge more, but we deliver far more than we charge, and they are the pro guys. They're the guys that get all the gigs because they are good at what they do. Um, whose, whose podcast is this? <laughs> I ask you the questions. There's, there's a lot happening. But in terms of like if you're, but your issue here is that you struggle to pick what to tell people, what to say to people when they mm -hmm. ask you. Yeah. Right. So – the thing that you are most passionate about right now that you want people to know about is Sammy. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you, well, you mentioned before that like, I mean, yes, it does depend on the context and who you're speaking to, but even if the person you're speaking to isn't someone who would directly benefit from Sammy, they might know people who would. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with explaining that to them even if they're not, say, a potential customer of Sammy or mm -hmm. user of Sammy. Yeah. Um. And like from there, from there, if you can, you know, if you can explain that really well and show your passion, then that's going to lead that conversation further, which is then when you can throw your other stuff into it as well, mm -hmm. you know, as the conversation develops. Yeah, right. So, yep, yep. I you get know. you. I get you. I think the usual line I go for is something like, I'm working with a great team here in Adelaide and Sydney who are building some software to help music educators. You know, this is nothing that I've scripted. It's kind of, you know, that's what I would say. And mm. They're like, oh, that's great. Um, What's what? What happened to what you said before about you want to like revolutionise the way that music teachers do business and make life easier for them? Yeah, well, that that too. That's what we're doing. That's definitely the thing. That's we're revolutionising the industry by creating a in sync one one stop shop, I guess, uh, for music educators because we're not yep. creating anything new like. There's, there's already PayPal. Like if the music educators that are maybe listening right now, here is a tip. Payments can be taken via PayPal or easy debit. 
They are scheduling systems like Google Calendar. There are communication systems like SMS broadcast, um, reminder platforms. You know, there's all these things that you can actually go and use now, but none of them talk to each other. They have to all be managed by some person, whether that's you or a virtual assistant or paying money for someone to, to, to manage that. So what we've created and has been built, like this thing is ready to go. We just got to do a few extra things and it's out in the market and we're getting some investors to help us with that. We've, we've created this platform that is that has put all those things together and so much more that you would not even expect from this kind of platform. And there's also a really sexy voiceover on the explainer video. It's amazing. It's, <laughs> my God, it's so sexy. I can't wait until we have you as the actual actor in this instead of an animated character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you know, you know the drill. You've you've kind of listened to a little bit of it, and you've probably done a lot of voiceovers, and you don't get bogged down on what the video, the voiceover is for, or what the video is for. Um, no, look, I le- I learn the stuff, and look, this is this is another example of like doing a whole bunch of different things because, you know, I do yes, I do voiceover work on the side, and I don't I don't do as much anymore because I want to dedicate more energy to the stuff that I, you know, the, to the C method um, work in my, in my career as a speaker. Um, but, like, I also do TV presenting and various stuff that's really fun, but I sort of leave that out of the conversation, right. you know, because it's, it's just too much to talk about. Like, and it's, it makes it harder for me as well. If I'm like, oh, well, I do, like, ten different things. I'm going to go through each one. It's like, nah, mm-hmm. it's too hard. Yeah, 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 that's So I just right. stick with the one, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and, you know, it depends on who I'm sitting with and they might introduce me. Uh, and this is really a good test, I think. If someone was to introduce you, I'm going to ask you the question now because I'm back onto me asking you the questions. If someone was to introduce you to somebody, what would you like them to say? What do you hope that they say? Well, <laughs> it depends on who's introducing me. Exactly. A lot of my, a lot of my, a lot of my other friends, like my my friends who are still in architecture, they still have no idea what I do. Mm-hmm. They think I podcast for a living, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. They'll be like, I, "Oh, how's how's the podcast going?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's it it's got a it, that's not that. my yeah, it's mm. a bit more than that." Um, but for someone to introduce me, oh, it would be something like, "This is Christina. She's a." She's a, a conference speaker and she, she helps people to overcome their fears of, of speaking into uh, what else, fulfill their potential, mm-hmm. something like that. Great. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason that popped into my head is because I was introduced to, I'm not sure what his involvement was, but the Adelaide Oval here, um, with, which is where I'm playing tonight. And a good friend of mine introduced me to the, the big guy that I'm referring to. Um, and my mate said, oh, this is Pete. He's a drummer in the band. Uh, oh, oh, and he's an entrepreneur. So I'm like, uh, okay, cool. I would have gone in with entrepreneur first and oh, and he can play some pretty mean games <laughs> as well, you know, depending on who you're chatting to because this guy is clearly up there in, in either the, the CFO or, you know, may even be in the operations guy for the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, and, but people don't think of that, you know. Mm. I had one of the best introductions. I was, I was at an event. And I bumped into randomly a podcast listener mm-hmm. there. Cool. They, they came up and they were like, oh, my God, you're Christina. I recognize your voice. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing. Anyway, yeah, I was yeah. talking to someone else and I was saying, oh, so I have this podcast. And then this guy comes up and goes, oh, my God, you have to listen to it. It's so good. And I was like, man, I need to pay this guy to, like, follow me around and do that. <laughs> but that's, like, with those sorts of testimonials mm-hmm. from people in the moment are 
probably like they're even better than an introduction. Yeah. You know, when someone says, oh, you have to listen to her stuff or you yeah. have to check out, you know, she she has great courses online and mm-hmm. rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you want that sort of gushing, over-the-top gushing. <laughs> That's cool. What kind of, what kind of uh, problems have you had to overcome while you're on your journey to creating the C method? And obviously there's a lot more to do yet, but what, what mm. kind of adversity, either professional or personal, um, have you had to overcome? Oh, clarity's been a massive one mm-hmm. for me. Um, when, because I'm a very creative ideas person, the, I'm always coming up with ideas and like, oh, I could do this, I could do that. And because communication skills are so broad, I really struggled with finding who my target audience is. You know, everyone says you got to find a niche, you got to find a niche, you got to niche down, find your niche. You got a niche if you're in the US. You got a niche, niche, find your niche. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what my freaking niche is. Yeah. It took me a long time to get there. Um, because when I first started, I my my niche niche was um, architecture students and grads. Yeah. Because that was what I knew at the time. And I was helping them with public speaking, presentations, um, job interviews. And then I grew out of that. Like I reached a point where I I thought, you know what, I'm getting so much traction with people in the podcasting community, in the entrepreneurial community, people who are a bit older, people who are, um, you know, like professionals sort of in their 30s, That because that was becoming my demographic. Like mm-hmm. as I was getting older, more experienced, I was attracting people who were of a similar demographic to me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I switched then and – and even now, I'm still refining who my what like what my niche is, and so so gaining clarity exactly on who the target audience is, and then also what my core strengths in, and then how do I translate that into offerings? Mm-hmm. That that's also an ongoing process, and that's always evolving. Right. So a lot of online business people are like create a membership site you know create a membership site and then people pay like $50 a month and you create new content for them and rah rah and when I think about that it just makes me want to like throw up in my mouth a little bit because it's (laughs) it requires all this extra stuff that I just don't want to do and I've learned that I'm not I can't just do my whole business sitting behind a computer screen. I I am a I'm a people person. Yeah. I love being around other people, and I actually love the face to face interactions. Great. So, for me, it's not about oh I'm building this business so I can lie on a beach in Thailand and check my email once a week. <laughs> it's not that at all. I would get bored shitless, yeah. and I would probably go drown myself. So it's <laughs> so like, this is what I love. Like so, I'm so excited and grateful that I have found something that I truly love to do and if you gave me like you know a hundred million dollars tomorrow I would still be doing what I do now mm-hmm. um, because because it has so much meaning for me and it is so um, um, you know so satisfying yeah. for me and rewarding. <clears throat> that's awesome that's very cool you know there's at the beginning of my podcast um, we grab a section and we put that section of what you know, throughout the podcast, uh, Rebecca is my podcast guru. She's in Canada and she was listening to this, you know, right now because thank you, Rebecca, you're a legend. Hi, Rebecca. And she would be grabbing something from what you've just said, I think, and putting in the beginning. It's up to her to grab the best bit. It's up to her. We may not have got to that bit yet, but what you've just said is definitely the, the most, like, it's that's it. It's the reason you're doing the stuff. Yeah. We need to find that reason. We need to find that purpose and that passion. Like, I've been teaching drums 
one-on-one since I was 15 in my mum and dad's back shed and I've never not done it. I'm 37. I've never not taught drums. There's always been a week, even during the school holiday periods, where everyone disappears. There's always been a week of me doing some kind of teaching Um, and that's my passion and I know that there's other musicians that do the same and there's other musicians who stop doing it because of the bullshit admin side of it and I was you know I've got an IT background so I was able to create some processes for me I'm very much a process person even though I'm I hate process Uh, I have to create them so then I get to use them Mm. Uh, we talked earlier before we went live here about the different types of personalities and you were referring to a uh, a particular podcast, Ian, that you interviewed that, that wanted to know the stats on everything. And my partner, Michelle, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, so I'm sorry if you, you know, these are little, those that are listening are hearing the same thing again. But for Christina, it's, it's something you probably know well. It's the whole brain stuff. It's like right side, left side, upper, lower, the four mm. major quadrants of, of how your brain thinks and the type of personality you are. And for me, I'm very much red, yellow sort of, a bit mm. of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of creativity, yellow being the futuristic. How can we make this work in the future? Mm. I'm very, I lack in the yellow, sorry, I lack in the red. Fucking hell. No, what are the other colors? I lack green and blue. in the green and the blue. Um, I lack most in the green, which is process. Mm. Yet, I'm creating a process-driven organization because I lack in it so much. I've been really creative in creating the process. Mm. So it's worked for me extremely well and, and I can run a, a 200 strong music student organization with a number of teachers at the helm quite easily from a beach in Thailand and not have any stress about it. <laughs> Except for that time I was on the beach in Singapore and the person that I had managing the schedule um, cancelled all the wrong teachers, students. So that's when I realized that human error is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and I had to manage that, and that cost me a lot of money, mm. and a lot of uh, frustration, and a lot of um, ongoing frustrations. So, yeah. <laughs> communications was the key, and I had to communicate the problem that he'd caused for my organisation mm. very nicely, or not so nicely. I don't think it was very nicely, to be honest. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. So, what's what's next for you? What's the future hold? What's what do you see yourself doing in the next five years? The next five years? Well, <laughs> I've speaking of doing lots of things, I've recently started a new business mm-hmm. with my partner. Mm-hmm. And so now we're business partners and life partners. Nice. And we are now setting up podcasts for internal podcasts for large companies. Right. Which is something we're really excited about because it's That's something cool. that we haven't found we haven't found anyone really doing it actively especially in melbourne Uh which is where we're going to start but you know i've been podcasting for a while now and Mm -hmm. it's a skill that's highly valued i keep getting asked by people oh can i pick your brain about podcasting you know we want to start a podcast and um you know especially with companies a lot of companies now are looking to they they want to be seen as innovative and they want to improve their staff culture and improve their communication and i thought and we thought what better way to do that than a podcast yeah and especially because they're becoming so popular now. So we've, so that's in the future. And I actually yeah. want to build this up. Um, so the C method is very much my personal brand type of business. Like I don't want to build it into an empire. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to, it's, it's basically me coaching, speaking, 
doing the podcast. But this new company, it's called Podcast Services Australia, mm-hmm. does what it says on the label. Great. And uh, I want to build this up into a company where I've got, you know, strategists and editors and, and production managers and people doing this stuff for me. So, and, and I will be building systems around that, which I'm actually excited about doing. I'm excited to actually build this thing into something that's bigger than me and, um, you know, and I can hire people who are smarter than me and, and have it just take off. So Mm. that's what I'm excited about. That's great. Yeah. I definitely think, uh, the internal business communications via email is old. Mm. It's not, you know, it's people sitting and reading the words there's no tone in text. Mm. And if you're having a, a discussion on Facebook or a heated argument or a loving conversation with someone, how they feel is how they will read it. If they're mm. feeling crap, they're going to think you're beating them up. Whether, whether it's just a simple one line of text, they will read it how they read it. But with a podcast, you know, your beautiful voice can come across and you can, you can, you can sound frustrated or you can sound excited. Unless you, you can sound excited when you're right, you have to just write in capitals and with apostrophes and smiley faces, <laughs> you know, and change the colors and make them dance around the screen. But yeah, it's much easier with a yeah, podcast. There's real potential there. And the next podcast, step, obviously, so. is video, you know, but people don't often want to be in front of a video to mm-hmm. say what they need to say, but they happily chuck a mic there and, and, and talk. Mm. Um, yeah, the video video is next level. Yeah, but podcast, you know, it's it's accessible. People mm. can just access it on their phones, and yeah. and it's becoming a medium. It's becoming a really popular medium, so people are just used to it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And when does that kick off? Or it already has? I'm looking at your site right now. Well, we're working on the website right mm. now, so yeah. it's it's that new. Cool. But we're almost ready to start having conversations with people. Nice. Um, we've already had a lot of interest in it, mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of yeah having sitting down and and working it out taking mm. it from there nice so this will be something that um say a company say sammy you know two years from now we've got a beautiful office and we've got a lot of people working you know across australia and overseas doing what they do what, what sammy needs them to do and this will be something that we could have a podcast you know internal podcast and if you're a new if you're a new employee Obviously, the training stuff is important and we've got to get them in the right culture and, and, and get them into, into shape or employ them already in shape. But getting, getting them up to scratch with the new stuff, getting them to listen to a podcast mm. would be, I think, I think would be great. And I think you've, you've, you've got a, a niched the market there, which is good. Yeah. Um, Pete, I've got to get going because yeah. I've got another meeting at That's half cool. past. <laughs> yeah, all good, all good. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing you're, you're a lovely, passionate style with us and it's, it's definitely cool that you're doing what you're doing and, and if anyone wants to find out more about you, they can go to thecmethod.com. That's the letter C. The letter C, the, <laughs> thecmethod.com. There's a heap more on there. You can check out the podcast that you've got on your site. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for chatting. Thanks, Pete. Look this forward to getting some more uh, voiceovers done by you in the very near future. <laughs> Not a problem. Thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed Pete's podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think will get value. And if you haven't already, head to PeteBarter.com for more Pete Barter content. And remember, do something good for yourself and someone else today. Thanks for listening.